Welcome to the 5-1 Volleyball Podcast, the best way to keep up with stats, storylines, news, and everything else going on in the world of professional volleyball. Got a good podcast for you here today. I'm finally going to catch up on all those transfers that have been going down over the last couple weeks. The seasons of every domestic league are finally over, so there have been a lot of transfers going down and even more rumors probably going to talk about some of those too and of course before we get to all those i'm going to talk about that crazy game five of the italian league with cucine lubici vitanova coming back from down two sets to take the 2018-2019 scudetto in five sets i think my worst fear going into this game is that we were going to get another 3-0 defeat every game in the series has been won by the home team three out of four of them being won in a sweep, 3-0. And it looked like this game was heading the same way too, with Sir Safety Perugia winning the first two sets, 25-22 and 25-21. At the end of the second set, it looked like Lube Civitanova was going to be handed their eighth second place title in a row, losing the Club World Championships two years in a row, losing last year's Champions League, losing last year's Scudetto in Game 5, losing last year and the year before Italian Cup. It was probably one of the craziest run of second place finishes I've seen in all of pro sports and that was definitely hanging heavy over them during this game but they came out firing in the third set winning 25 to 12 wasn't even close. Perugia taking their starters off at the end of that set then 25-21 in the fourth set another fairly comfortable victory and then absolutely crushed it in the fifth set taking it 15-10 to win the 2018-2019 Italian Super League Championships. So I want to congratulate Lube on a great season. At the beginning of the season, I said, on paper, they definitely look like the most talented team. And while they may not have proved that many times throughout the season, especially a particularly difficult period in November, December, they certainly make up for it by coming and winning this Game 5 on Perugia's home court and winning the championships Perugia obviously they're going to get a lot of flack over the next couple weeks for losing in the Champions League semifinals also losing yesterday in the Italian League finals but I think they can use this season as a building block to the future yeah it sucks to sign Wilfredo Leon for like 2 million euros or whatever it was and then not even repeat as champions but if they work on using this season as a learning experience as a foundational building block instead of panicking and trading and releasing half their team i think they're going to have a much better shot at winning it next year as for the game itself osmani wantarena won mvp hitting 12 for 21 with two block shots and two errors two aces two blocks good stat line he played well however i don't think he was the best player for lube that would definitely have to go to either bruno for doing a great job getting his attackers in position, especially on the wings, when the reception in this game wasn't amazing. He also had two really timely dump attacks in this game, both right after DiCeco uh, attacked as well, kind of Bruno trying to match him point for point. Definitely outplayed DiCeco in this one. Also two aces in a block for Bruno. I thought played a fantastic game. Another player played really well for Lubici Vitanova, Robert Landy-Simon. A couple of huge service runs by Robert Landy really helped extend the lead of Lubici Vitanova in the third and fourth sets. Eight for ten attacking with only one air and most impressively seven 
blocks in the match. He really had fellow Cuban Wilfredo Leon's number in this. Did a great job of completely wiping out any cross option that the Perugia attackers had. Also had a couple on Alexander Atanasevic. Really great game from Simon. If I had to pick anyone, it would probably be Simon for MVP. But also Fabio Belasso. His stat line didn't look that great. I mean, just looking at it, it's tough to say your libero had a good game when they had nine passing errors. But he was taking up so much of the court from Osmani Wantarena and Yoandri Leal. Leal was, for all intents and purposes, wrapped out of service reception. Only 12 passing attempts on the match. And that's when he was being extremely targeted by float serves. Fabio Belasso with 38 reception attempts in this game. Again, 29% positive passing in nine passing errors is not really what you want to see, but he was covering so much court. We all know Perugia, the best serving team in volleyball. Wilfredo Leon and Atanasevich, Dicheko, Podrashanin, they were all serving bombs, but Belasso did a good job of keeping the ball in play. May not have been precise passes to position three, but when you have Bruno as your setter and your wing hitters hitting as well as they did, you don't need those perfect passes. You just need to keep the ball in play for your setter. Enrico Diamantini was also a momentum shifter in this game, coming in for Enrico Chester in the second set. Not a huge stat line, only five points, two attacks, three blocks, but he really did a good job of limiting and slowing down the Perugia attacking. It was clear that his blocking was a lot more intimidating and effective than Enrico Chester's, and sometimes providing a different energy can be all the momentum shift you need, as was evidenced by this game. Leal with a great game, 14 for 25 attacking, three blocked hits, one attacking air, one block. Unfortunately, five missed serves for Leal, and only 16 serves total, so not as effective from the service line as some of his teammates, but still had a lot of timely and effective attacks, including a tool right over the block that ended up being the match point. Lube hitting a pretty crazy 63% kill percentage in this match. And even though they won in five sets, they ended up outscoring Perugia by 108 to 93 in the total aggregate score. So the game was actually a lot less close than it appeared. Lube thoroughly outplayed Perugia in pretty much all respects, especially attacking 63% to 37% is a pretty big difference. And one of the main players who resulted in that low kill percentage for Perugia was Alexander Atanasevich. One of the worst games I've seen him play. Unfortunately, it came at a bad time. He has had the reputation of a choker in the past, but given how the last couple years have turned out for Perugia, I thought he had gotten over that reputation, but this game was pretty brutal. 10 for 32 attacking, 7 attacking errors, and 7 blocked hits for a hitting efficiency that was well into the negative. He did have four aces on the match, but also some very pivotal missed serves at the end of the fourth set when Perugia could have come back, and also in the fifth set where his missed serves and unforced attacking errors and blocked hits actually resulted in Atanasevich giving four of the first six points to Lube on his own errors. It's tough to rag on a guy too hard when he was such a pivotal part of Perugia reaching this point in the first place, but there's no doubting his poor performance was the single biggest reason why Perugia lost this match. Wilfredo Leon had seven aces on the match, which ties his Italian league record set earlier in the season at Monza. 
and was a big reason for their winning in the first and second set despite kind of poor team hitting. But 12 for 35 attacking and 6 blocked hits is not something you want to see from the guy who almost everyone considers the best player in volleyball. He was getting really frustrated by the Lube Chivatanova blocking, especially by Robert Landy Simon and Enrico Diamantini. A lot of his hits that are usually tools and blockouts were just going straight to the floor. A couple blocked hits going pretty much right across to position two. Smart blocking from Lube Chivatanova. They were definitely keying 100% on Wilfredo Leon. Part of the reason why they were able to block him so effectively is because the middles for Perugia weren't doing very much. Marco Pedrashinen, only two for six with two blocked hits and an attacking error for negative hitting efficiency as a middle. Completely ridiculous, especially when he's played so well for most of the playoffs. Fabio Ricci was a little better, but I think Lube Civitanova is completely fine with Fabio Ricci getting four kills. They're not too worried about him. And this means that Simon and Diamantini were able to play kind of free safety, roaming to the wings and getting a big block on Leon and Atanasevich. Filippo Lanza, funnily enough, might have been one of the best players for Perugia, at least compared to his usual play. A couple aces, a block, 7 for 16 hitting, obviously not getting the same usage as Leon and Atanasevich, but he did what I think they should have done and went for hands a lot more, hit a little bit more technically instead of going straight for the hands of Robert Landy Simon. But of course, a slightly above average game from Filippo Lanza is not nearly enough to make up for the errors of Leon and Atanasevich. Dicheco also, I thought, struggled a bit this game. Some really poor decision-making at the start of the fifth set, where he went to Atanasevich, I think, four times, and Alexander got blocked or made errors on all of those hits, which really put them in a hole at the beginning of the fifth that they couldn't really climb out of. He definitely should have gone to Leon or tried to run his middles a bit there. And while Leon didn't have his best hitting game, I still think it would have been a better idea to get him going more. We've seen in Zenikazan over the last few years, he can start out hitting like 5 for 18 or something and then finish 12 for 12. I think he definitely should have been the go-to option at the end of the fourth and beginning of the fifth set rather than Atanasevich. So Lube gets to go to Berlin for the Champions League finals on a huge high. As long as they don't party too hard, I think this win will definitely improve the odds of them beating Zenit Kazan in the Champions League finals. Going over there with a lot of momentum. Doesn't seem like injuries are bothering them too much. Yo Andrew Leal looks like he was getting up a little bit slowly, but I'm sure the four days of rest they will have here will help immensely. Heading into the summer, we know that Kuchene Lubechivitanova is losing Sveden Sokolov to Zenit Kazan, rumored to either be bringing in Bartosz Kurek or possibly Ivan Zaitsev to replace him. It's unfortunate because Sokolov has been such a huge part of how good Lube has been over the past couple years. And while Kurek and Zaitsev are probably about his equal in terms of talent as a player, I think Sokolov's blocking and high ball efficiency really complemented this construction of the team well. We'll see what Perugia decides to do. I think Leon and Atanasevich are locked in for next year as well. I actually thought they did a pretty good job of building around them. You have Kalachi and Lanza, who are two pretty competent passers. You have some big blocking middles. I thought the construction of the team was fine this year. It looks like it'll change a bit, though. Oleg Plotnitschke bought out his contract with Monza and is rumored to be close to signing with Perugia. That would give them an absolutely ridiculous 
ridiculous serving team. Plotnitschke, I believe, was third in the Super League this year in Aces and will probably be even better next year. So Perugia might just go completely all in with serving and out-of-system attacking because with Plotnitschke and Leon as two of your receivers, I doubt you're going to be passing uh, perfect passes very often. All right, so I talked about the Italian League Finals a little longer than I expected to, but what an exciting season. What an exciting finish. Congratulations to Lube Civitanova finally breaking the second place curse. But now it's time to talk about some of the transfers that have been going down. Going to go league by league. Probably talk briefly about each one. But I'll probably save the real in-depth analysis until we know some of the complete rosters for a lot of these teams. So let's start with some of the coaching changes that went down in Italy. Because those are the probably the biggest confirmed transfers that I haven't talked about yet. The first one is Andrea Gianni, who coached Milano last year, is going to be the new coach of Modena with Julio Velasco retiring after a legendary coaching career. Of course, so much of Modena's season next year depends on if Ivan Zaitsev decides to stay or not. It is rumored that he will be staying, and I think the signing of Gianni helps it because him and Zaitsev are friendly with each other. So assuming Zaitsev will stay, I think Gianni is a great addition kind of a steadying force in a team with a lot of powerful personalities. A lot of Modena will kind of coach itself. Matt Anderson, Max Holt, Micah Christensen, really professional guys, all play together on Team USA. Shouldn't require too much direction. I think Velasco kind of laid out a blueprint of how Modena could look next year with Bartosz Bednorz and Matt Anderson as your wings, Zaitsev as your primary offensive option at opposite, and middles that you want to run as often as possible. But a setter like Micah Christensen, you probably want to give as much leeway as possible when it comes to who to set and when. Another legendary Italian player turned coach, Andrea Gardini, will be moving from Zaxa Kajurjankajle to the newly promoted Piacenza, who had recently won the Italian Series A2 to be promoted with a team that was way too stacked for Italian Series A2, with players like Alessandro Fay, Matteo Paris, Giulio Sabi, and Fabio Fanulli. It's interesting to me that Gardini would decide to leave Zaxa after winning the championship, and with most of the team confirmed to be returning for next year, it's pretty much guaranteed that they'll be the favorite to win next year as well. Maybe he just wanted to return home to Italy. Maybe he knows some of the signings that Piacenza is going to make, and based on some of the players rumored to go there, it does seem like they could be a pretty strong team. But still, it's too bad because I think he was doing a great job in Zaxa, and I think whoever goes there will have big shoes to fill. And the last Italian coach signing is Radiston Stoichev to Verona, probably my least favorite of these three new coach signings. Stoichev had a really turbulent couple of years last season in Modena. Basically, Bruno and Engapet and Max Holden, honestly, most of the team, staged a coup appearing on Italian television midway through the season, basically saying that Stoichev worked them into the ground with grueling practices, didn't listen to the players' input at all, and was just a stereotypical old-school coach. So he was driven out of Modena, and then this year was hired on to coach Polish club Szczesin, who only managed to last halfway through the season before folding. So definitely been a couple crazy years for Stoichev. I don't know if I agree with his style of coaching. I think kind of the new school, really technical, analytics-based player relationship based style of coaching is the way to go especially 
the experienced and professional players on Modena who don't need someone to crack the whip and get them to work harder. Who knows, though, maybe Verona will appreciate his style of coaching more than Modena and Stetschen did. But in my opinion, I think that Modena stint should have been Stoichev's last experience in the Super League. All right, now let's get to some player signings in Italy. First one is Clemens Sebule, the Slovenian outside hitter who played in China for most of last season and after that returned to Milano where he came off the bench for their lackluster playoff run. He will be signing with Trentino next season. I already covered this a bit on one of the mailbag podcasts, I believe, but I doubt he'll come in as the starter with Aaron Russell and Eros Kovacevic being two of the best outside hitters in the league. Haven't heard anything about either of those two leaving, so I think Clemens Sebule will come off the bench as a serving specialist and also to give those two guys some rest, but I think it's a good move for Sebule. We haven't talked much about Trentino recently since their quiet defeat in the Superliga semifinals, but they will definitely be one of the favorites to win the Scudetto next year. And also Sebule, massive upgrade on Martin Van Garderen, who is basically unplayable this season. Viktor Yosefov, the Bulgarian middle, has agreed to another year in Monza. I was really looking forward to watching Monza again next year. Really fun young team with those two outsides, Savaronic and Plotnitschke. But with news of Plotnitschke buying out his contract and moving on to greener pastures, they have become a lot less interesting. However, we do have rumors of Yasin Luwati moving to Monza to replace Plotnitschke. And while I am a big fan of Luwati, I think he's a very underrated player. Had a good season in Padova, but he doesn't bring quite the dynamicism or excitement that Plotnitschke gave to the team. Moritz Karlitzek, who played in Frankfurt in the German Bundesliga last season, has been confirmed as playing in Latina. Frankfurt had a surprisingly good season last year, making an appearance in the Champions League after qualifying through the first three initial rounds for one of those two wildcard spots along with Shoma. And I think Karlitzek was easily the best wing on that team. Still only 22 years old, so a young guy. Going to be a feature on the German national team this summer, and I think for the foreseeable future. Like this guy for Latina, I think he'll surprise a lot of people with how well he plays in the Italian Superliga. So that's pretty much it for confirmed moves in the Italian league. However, there are a lot of rumors, and I will go over some of the more substantive of them. First is Swan Engapet who is leaving Latina after actually a surprisingly successful season. Not just the token little brother of Irvin Engapet anymore, but he actually blossomed into his own player, and he is rumored to be going to Vibo Valencia for next season. Not the only player that is rumored to be joining Valencia. TJ DeFalco, the best player in the NCAA last year in my opinion, won back-to-back titles with Long Beach State University but now graduating and also rumored to join Swan Engapet in the wings of Valencia. Michelle Barnovich, who set for Ankara last season, is rumored to be coming back to the Italian Super League to be the setter for Valencia, replacing the slightly disappointing Timothy Zukowski. And the other foreign player spot in Valencia is rumored to be filled by Barthelemy Chenignez, the MVP of the French Domestic League last season, shown a lot of improvements, and I think will come in as one of the better middles in the Italian Super League. Their last rumored signing is a opposite swap with Tabate, 
Valencia will be sending out surprisingly great opposite hitter Mohamed Al-Hajdadi, who had a great season with the club, one of the leading scorers of the Superliga, and in return they will be getting Brazilian opposite hitter Abuba, who came off the bench for most of the season for Tabate, but he was playing behind Leandro Vesoto, the finals MVP in the Brazilian Superliga. Haven't really seen this guy play too much, so I will be very interested to see how he performs next season. So it seems that Valencia is signing a lot of younger foreign players, guys who are proven in other leagues but haven't really shown what they can do yet in the Italian Superliga. It has backfired for them a couple times before with Cadu and Lopez this year and infamously Ben Patch had a very poor season there two seasons ago, but I think the guys they put together this season could really make a run at a playoff spot. Another big rumor that broke last week was Canadian opposite hitter Shawan Vernon Evans is being rumored to go to Ravenna for next season. Shawan Vernon Evans, one of the best prospects in volleyball, in my opinion. He's still a prospect, even though he's played two seasons pro with Oniko Versava. Tons and tons and tons of potential, one of the best athletes in volleyball, but still yet to put it completely together in terms of skill play. Ravenna, with a great track record over the last couple years in terms of finding and developing these young foreign opposites. Two years ago, Paul Buchegger from Austria was the star of the show, ended up being one of the leading scorers in the Superliga for Ravenna. And then last season, Camille Richlicki, the Luxembourgian, I think that's what it is. Anyway, he came in, super, super athletic player, also one of the leading scorers in the league for Ravenna. So can they hit the triple? Can they get three superstar foreign young opposites in a row? I'm thinking yes, but we'll wait and see. And also, Shawan Vernon Evans coming in likely means that Rich Licky would have to leave. Although remember that this is still just a rumor. We haven't heard anything official from Vernon or from Ravenna. And let's end with one of the juiciest rumors in the Italian Superliga, which is Bartosz Kurek joining Cucine Lubicivitanova next season. Of course, with Sveted Sokolov leaving, Kurek is probably the best possible feasible guy that they could get to replace him. Kurek last year winning MVP of the World Championships with Poland, which motivated him to have a spectacular season for Onika Versava, at least when he was healthy. Unfortunately, went down with an injury right before the playoffs started. Warsaw still managing to get to the finals. Probably would have won with Kirek, but unfortunately health is a major factor when you are dealing with Bartosz Kirek. If he can be the same player that he was last season in Warsaw over an entire season, and also the player he was at the World Championships, I think this is a fantastic signing for Lube. However, his health concerns and also his absolutely disastrous season in Turkey, the club season before, definitely give me some reason to worry about this move. We have some movement happening in Poland, mostly dealing with the club Rysovia, who had a lot of big signings last summer as well. However, the season didn't really go exactly as planned as they started off. I think it was like eight losses in a row. Did end up going on to have a great last half of the season, avoiding relegation comfortably, but still missed the playoffs, which was a disappointing result for a team with sky-high expectations after a summer of pretty big signings. Firstly, a couple players that are returning, 
Luke Perry, the Australian libero, is signing for another season, a move that I quite like. For all the issues that Rusovia had this season, I don't think Luke Perry was one of them, one of the best liberos in our sport. And given some of the other moves that Rusovia's made, I think he'll be a vital addition to their reception line. This morning, a poster went up in Rusovia on the arena, I believe, showing three additional signings they have made. Nick Hogue, Thomas Rousseau, and Bartman coming over from Argentina. Hogue, who was originally supposed to play in Poland last season with Szczesin, but had to move to Perugia after that club folded, played a pivotal role in Perugia, coming off the bench to become a serving specialist and instigated a few key runs that kept Perugia's season alive. Thomas Rousseau, one of the leading scorers in Poland in the Plus Liga, probably one of the most improved players from his previous seasons, really looked like he took an additional step, especially in attacking and had a very impressive season. Bartman, one of the best players in the Argentinian league over the past couple of years, winning MVP in the 2017-2018 season, hasn't played in Poland since 2014-2015, so we'll see what level that he returns at, given that he is a few years older since the last time we've seen him play in Poland. I'm not going to judge these moves too quickly. I really like the moves and the players they signed last season, but that didn't work out too well if you're a Rosovia fan. Hopefully they learned a lesson from the roster moves they made last season. Don't hire an overabundance of foreigners. Make sure you also have the Polish players to back them up so you're not stuck in a situation where some of your best players are stuck on the bench. A foreign player that Rosovia will miss quite a lot though is David Smith, the American middle blocker who was one of their key players this season, one of the best middles in the Plus Liga. He will be joining Zaksa Kadrzyn Kozle, the reigning champions, most likely to replace Matej Biniak, who has been heavily rumored to be joining Lube Civitanova in the Italian league for next season. I really like this move for Zaksa Kadrzyn Kozle. David Smith, one of the few middles available who is able to replace the attacking and to a lesser extent the service of Matej Biniak. And because they have only used two of their foreign player spots with Tony Udi and Sam Daru, I think signing a high-level foreign player was the way to go. There's also some news of some transfers going on in Katowice. They did lose Thomas Rousseau to Rusovia, but I think they got one of the best possible replacements in Rafael Shishimura, who they managed to pry away from Zaxa before he had his amazing playoff run. Zaxa probably wouldn't have given him up in hindsight, but very savvy move from Katowice. Shishimura should be a huge addition and is looking like one of the better young Polish outside hitters. Dustin Wadden, who is leaving Berlin, is also rumored to be joining Katowice for next season. Wadden spent most of the season on the bench in Berlin, but still... I would say is at least an average libero in the Polish league, so not a bad move from Katowice. And then lastly, Jan Nowakowski, who actually got a decent amount of minutes in Warsaw during their playoff run, is rumored to be joining Katowice. So if that turns out to be true, Katowice will be getting a couple, maybe not top tier, but very good uh, Polish domestic players. And that's the hardest thing to do as a smaller club in the Plus Liga. So once they have that under control, they can make some big moves with some strong foreign players. Interested to see who they will choose. And finally, we have a bunch of news coming out of Germany. 
especially when it comes to the Berlin recycling volleys, who were very quick to re-sign a lot of their key players who helped them win their championship this year. First of all, we now know that Ben Patch is staying with the team. There were some rumors floating around earlier that he would be moving to Tabate, but the team has confirmed that Ben Patch is staying for next season. Ben Patch definitely struggles with consistency, but when he plays well, he plays absolutely incredible. He had a fantastic match in that fifth game of the finals against Friedrich Schaffen, and overall, his club season with Berlin was a huge improvement on his one with Valencia. However, his American running mate at opposite Kyle Russell will be leaving the team. Even though the combo of Patch and Russell did work out quite well for Berlin, I think it was unsustainable for more than one season. I think Kyle Russell needs his own team. He showed a lot of potential this year in Berlin, will be training with Team USA Volleyball this summer, so I think he will definitely be a player to watch in the future. Excited to see where he lands. Sergey Grankin is also resigning with Berlin. I'm actually surprised. I thought he would be returning to Russia, and there were rumors that he would do so, but him signing with Berlin completely turned their season around. He was just able to connect so much better with the opposites Russell and Patch, and also really made the most out of George Klein and the young Jeffrey Jendrick. Speaking of George Klein, him and Nicholas Legoff both confirmed to be returning to Berlin for next year bit strange from the golf he was relegated to the bench for a lot of this season so I would have thought that he would want to go somewhere where he can be the starter but Berlin did look like a really fun team with a lot of good team chemistry this year so maybe that makes up for the fact that he wasn't getting a ton of minutes Samuel Tuia and Moritz Richard are also both returning on the wings Moritz Richard the young German outside hitter really proved that he can be a full-time starter in the Bundesliga really like him as a player Another guy who hopefully gets some playing time with the German national team this summer. And them staying means Adam White is no longer necessary. White with a couple pretty good seasons in Berlin. But with Richard playing as well as he has, he was no longer necessary. Nicolas Rissard is leaving, most likely to France. Dustin Wadden is leaving, most likely for Katowice. And Julian Zenger, who is likely going to be starting on the German national team as a libero, is going to be brought in from Frankfurt to be the libero for Berlin. Seems like Berlin starting to accumulate some of the younger German players with a lot of potential, maybe with the idea of using them on their team long term. Zanger is a libero I really like, only two years old, but has shown he is very capable even at a high level of international play. Great move for Berlin. Linus Weber, a 20-year-old German opposite for Berlin, is leaving, most likely joining either Modena or Milano. I thought Berlin would have tried to keep him considering that Kyle Russell is leaving and he would have gotten a lot more playing time as the backup opposite to Ben Patch, who will likely need a pretty good opposite to back up and cover up some of his inconsistencies. But Berlin did manage to sign Cody Kessel, an American outside hitter, who had a really good season in Lunenburg, one of the leading MVP getters of the entire Bundesliga. It's not obvious where he fits in, with Moritz Richard and Samuel Tuia, but Berlin is a team that always likes to have a strong bench. And finally in Germany, Frankfurt is adding a few players. Matthias Valkyries, the setter from Belgium, is coming in to start, and Blaine Cranston, who is graduating from the University of Calgary in Alberta, is coming in to be his backup. 
and they will be joined by Luke Smith, the Australian wing who played in Poland and Turkey last season. We have a few transfers from the other leagues too. James Shaw, the former American setter who made the switch to opposite after a year off where he thought long and hard about his position in volleyball in California. He joined Zaksek Azurjan Kajle for about a month this year just to test things out, but he will start his first full season as an opposite hitter in Narbonne in the French League. I'm excited to see how he does. His value as a setter usually came a little more from his athleticism than from his hands, so I think the switch to opposite hitter was the right move. Kriel Kletz, one of Russia's most promising young players, after a successful season in the Bundesliga playing for the Alpenvolleys, is moving to Krasnoyarsk in Russia, where he will have pretty big shoes to fill their opposites the last couple of years. In 27-2018, Antoine Rousier, and last year, Paul Carroll. So it says a lot that they have the confidence in Kriel Kletz to be on the same level as those two great foreign opposites. And I think that just about does it for transfers today. We knocked through a bunch of them. However, there are still going to be many more to come. I'm sure even today there will be a couple announced. But now we can turn our attention to the Champions League finals. The women's final happening on Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. European Time. And the men's finals happening directly after at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 7 p.m. European Time. I've already done a preview podcast on the Champions League finals because remember, semifinals happened over a month ago. Did that podcast on April 11th. If you want to go check that out, probably some stuff has changed since Lube's dominating performance in the Italian League finals. I would probably give them a bit more credit than I gave them in that podcast. But you can also hear a more updated preview on the Freeball podcast, which I did with Louis Lett on Wednesday. I believe it will be released on Friday. And on that podcast, me and Louis had a brief but informative discussion on what we think would happen on Saturday. Really looking forward to those matches. I think the CEV is really upping the production value for the Super Finals. So I think you guys will be really impressed. And if the previous matches between Zenikazan and Kuchine Lubitschivitanova are any kind of indicator, I think we will be in for an absolutely epic game. So I hope everyone enjoyed this recap of the Italian League finals and also just some of my preliminary thoughts on some of the transfers. I hope you have a good week. Thanks.